0: ride happy trade deadline day it is foul territory on stadium it is going to be a marathon scotty braun with aj piercinski ken rosenthal joining us in just a moment russ Dorsey's going to hang out with us on stadium and then also after this first hour from 2 to around 6 30 eastern time we will be covering the trade deadline rumors trades the whole deal like one that just happened with the braves picking up brad hand aj I'm not going to allow you to do the whole five and a half hours, okay? I need you to, like, give me two-ish and then get out of here. Uh, two? Really? Two.
1: two whole hours?
0: Yeah, two I hours. I know,
1: Scott. That seems like a lot to ask out of one
0: human. <laughs> what about five and a <laughs> half for me? Well, you're not human. I'm not human. Not today. Uh, no. The Braves, though, did not stop, by the way, before we get to Ken. It seemed like they would be quiet today another nice depth move for the bullpen they just keep doing that the last couple weeks
1: well brad hand is uh, listen i'm not gonna lie he's a good buddy of mine um so we go back a long time and uh i'm happy for him he got out of colorado team going nowhere and he gets to go to the Braves a chance that i think and many people think have the best chance out of the national league to go to the world series and possibly win the world series so i'm super happy for brad and uh you know i i just told you guys before i text brad and said hey congrats bro and he said how do you already know i just got off the phone two minutes ago and i said twitter's a bitch dude so (laughs) now that you know we're content creators here
0: at foul territory that's right twitter
1: is a bitch and it had it before brad i think even knew
0: right now news of the day by far justin verlander gets traded from the new york mets to the houston astros Mm -hmm. for two pretty damn good prospects i haven't seen much on the money we'll see if we can get more insight right now from our friend brian mctaggart who joins us, covers the Astros for MLB. Brian, great to see you and probably have a little bit of a smile on your face, I would think. When you look at what the Astros are doing, it's like, oh man, we lost JV after winning a World Series and the ridiculous season that he had during the regular season because we couldn't pay him as much. Oh wait, now we can just let the Mets pay him and then bring him back for a little bit less. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, to bring him back, I think uh, it's going to provide a, a big jolt to this team. I mean, I think you could already see um, the reaction of uh, some of the uh, players in the Astros clubhouse. will be getting some text messages about some guys who are really excited about Verlander coming back. But they, it's clear they needed a starting pitcher. And if they were going to get a starting pitcher, the guy to get is Justin Verlander, who in his five years here won a couple of World Series. Um Won two Cy Young's one of Cy Young last year had a tremendous amount of uh, success and as part of this core that has sort of led this Astros sort of dynasty here to a couple of World Series they played in four they've been in six straight ALCS and now a chance to have another one and uh, you know now he's got to be pumped to come back here in this environment where he flourished and I think it's just good all the way around they did pay a high price those are two really good prospects that they're giving up but Astros owner Jim Crane wants to win, wants to win now. And uh, if they can win another World Series, then at the end of the day, it'll be worth it.
3: Hey, picture this now. Um, Max Scherzer versus Justin Verlander to win the division, man. I mean, just think about how crazy this division is going to be now. I know it's close to one or two two, um, game lead, but this is the exciting time. They got Montgomery as well. I mean, Texas better be ready, man. There's going to be some fun games coming up, and I know everybody there is pretty excited.
2: Yeah, the Astros open play tonight only a half game behind the Rangers. So, you know, they went out and got the two starting pitchers. The Astros got Kendall Graveman, a reliever, a few days ago. So they sort of answer the Rangers and get Verlander. And, yeah, now now Verlander and Scherzer are head-to-head. The last couple of months are going to be a lot of fun in this division with with these two teams going at it. They only play each other in one more series. That'll be begin Labor Day in Arlington, which will be a big one. But um, it's going to go down the wire. I mean, the Astros have dominated this division the last five or six years. The Rangers, we know, Paid a lot of money to get better, and they've led the division most of the year. But here we are now, August 1st. Astros are half a game back. A chance to get into first place tonight. And also they have Justin Verlander, who will make his debut probably this weekend in New York against the Yankees. So uh, just uh, a lot of incredible story lines here following this trade.
1: Will they do it? Will the Rangers catch the Astros and dethrone the champs? Because at the beginning of the season, we said you can't not choose the Astros. Until somebody beats them, you can't not choose them.
2: Yeah, I think they will because I look at it this way. The Astros were two games back at the All-Star break. The Rangers had, what, six All-Stars. The Astros were hobbled, man. They they had not had Altuve and Alvarez in the lineup together with the exception of 13 games. They had lost three-fifths of the rotation. All these injuries, and they were still only two games behind this incredible Rangers team. So Alvarez and Altuve are back. They're getting another starting pitcher back next week or this week in Jose Eric Now they trade for Verlander. They got Graveman to bolster the bullpen. I think they've made enough moves to where uh, they're going to run down the Rangers. And also, this is a, a very experienced team. Some of these guys have played in 80, 90 playoff games. They, they're they not going to be phased by the, uh, the pressure of uh, September. I mean, they've played in October and into November. So um, I think if they stay healthy, I think the Astros are going to be able to win this division. And then uh, certainly a team nobody's going to want to play in the playoffs just considering how hard they are to beat in October.
3: Now, let me, let me ask you this question. I'm going to a clubhouse question here. We know how good the Astros are. My question to you is, and I've always wondered this, I know they have a bunch of leaders, but who's that one guy that they lean on when they struggle a little bit? Who's that guy that steps up and, hey, guys, let's go. Let's, let's pick it up a little bit. I know Dusty Baker played for him a lot. He's one of the best managers I've ever had, but he can't do it alone. Who's, who's that guy they lean on?
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, Dusty said that's really not his thing. He lets the players do their thing in the clubhouse. Uh, you got to start, I think, with Alex Bregman, who's been here a long time. He can be a vocal guy in there as well. Um, Jose Altuve's been here longer than anybody and has endured three 100 lost seasons and he's won a couple World Series really not a guy to step up and do that kind of thing although the last few years he's done that more just because he's so accomplished that he's been here so long Martin Maldonado the veteran catcher um, who a lot of their young pitchers really look up to he's another guy that can do that Michael Brantley was that guy as well but Brantley's been injured all year so I'm you know I'm not sure if he's uh, up for doing that that kind of role but they have guys who have done a lot of things and accomplished a lot of things. Um, you know, Lance McCullers, another guy, but he's injured as well. But he's a guy who's spoken up in team meetings before. So there's a lot of leadership in there. And uh, it, it's a culture here. And their, their culture is to win and win the World Series. Um, it starts with ownership and Jim Crane going out and making a deal like this. And um, like I said earlier, I mean, the, the players already are uh, reaching out, saying how excited they are and posting things on Instagram. So this is going to be a huge uh, jolt for a team that now you know might be favored to win the World Series at this point.
1: Alright, so who would be the biggest loss for the Astros down the stretch here? If something happened to one of those, I assume you're going to choose one of those guys who would be the biggest loss, and do they need to get some type of depth behind that player in case?
2: Well, you also have to wonder about Jordan Alvarez. He's had He's had a few injuries now, even though he's still a young player. Um, he's had some hand issues earlier in the year. Of course, the knee issues. uh, was out two months with an oblique injury. They need Jordan Alvarez in the middle of this lineup. I mean, he was injured on June 8th, swinging the bat in Toronto, and he had 55 RBIs already. This guy was on pace to drive in 140, 150 runs. So he's back now. He had a home run last night. They need him in the lineup. is another guy that's been out most of the year. He's back. Looks, uh, He was all over the field last night. looks like he's got fresh legs, and maybe that'll pay off for them. But, yeah, they, they probably could use a left-handed bat just to – they're a very right-handed lineup. I don't know exactly where a left-handed bat would play. This is a pretty deep lineup when they're healthy. But, um, you know, I would not rule out in the next two hours they go get a left-handed bat, maybe to fill in, maybe play some left field, some first base as well
0: hey brian how do you grade the trade in terms of what the astros had to give up i don't think we've seen anything on the money but in terms of those two prospects i mean those are two good outfielders in houston's system and i know they have good outfielders currently that hopefully are part of the ball club for a while especially with chas mccormick coming on so strong this year astros fans are hoping kyle tucker's part of this team a long time. I mean, Drew Gilbert is one of the better prospects out there. Super athlete. I think Mets fans are very excited about him. So what do you think about that return in terms of what the Mets are getting and also how difficult it is for the Astros to give up prospects like that? Because I know Dana Brown has talked about that a million times. I want to keep our prospects. He's a big scouting and development guy who's done a great job for years when he was with the Braves.
2: Yeah, exactly right, Scott. I mean, uh, he loves the prospects. He loves to draft and develop these guys and get them to the big leagues. Now, he didn't draft either one of these guys. They came after he was hired but he, he's talked several times about how high he is on Drew Gilbert. And there were some thoughts that Drew Gilbert could be in the big leagues next year. He was their first-round pick last year out of Vanderbilt. Got hurt right off the bat, but this year put up some big-time numbers at high A And uh, about a month, maybe two months ago. Went to double-A, struggled a bit, although he's coming around a little bit. I mean, he looked like a can't-miss guy. And, you know, anytime you heard about a trade, you're like, boy, w- would they consider trading Drew Gilbert? Um, and it, that ha- that's a tough pill to swallow. But... You know, Ryan Clifford's another guy who um, is right there. I mean, Jim Callis, who puts together the top 30 rankings for MLB, Pil- MLB Pipeline, tweeted that they they would have been the first and second prospects in the Astros system in their, new, in their mid, uh, new rankings that come out. And so now the Astros give them up. There's no doubt they paid a high price here, money aside. But Astros owner Jim Crane wants to win now. I mean, this window is still wide open. And adding Verlander, it, it really boosts their chances. And if they can win another World Series Um, then if if Clifford and Gilbert go on to do some good things, so be it. But a few years ago, Forrest Whitley was considered untouchable by the Astros, a former first-round pick who's a starting pitcher, and he's yet to reach the big leagues and has had all kinds of injuries. So prospects are one thing, but the Astros want to have another parade in November like they've had two times in the last five years.
1: Should we feel bad for the Angels because of all that they (laughs) pushed all in and now look at what's going on in their division?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, credit to them for going for it, especially with Otani. And, uh, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs for uh, quite a while. But, um, you know, I don't see the Angels having the talent to run down either the Astros uh, or the Rangers, certainly not both of them. So they're going to be playing for the wild card, uh, which I think is, you know, attainable for them. But, um, uh, you know, going into this division, we knew the Rangers were going to be very much improved. The Astros are going to be the Astros. I I thought Seattle was going to be much improved and I thought the Astro the Seattle would really push the Astros like they did last year and it hasn't happened so there's a little bit of a window here for the Angels you know somebody said earlier what 21 of the, the 30 teams are within four games of the playoffs so um, a lot of teams are going for it and uh, you know maybe if they can sneak in and they have Otani in the playoffs who knows uh, maybe some special things can happen but I just don't see them in the division coming close either the Astros or Rangers at this point
0: I'm with you. Yeah, I think there is a severe gap between those teams, and they are getting rid of basically any relevant prospect that they have on a farm system that's one of the worst in baseball. It is going to be a very challenging next several seasons for the Angels in my mind. But Brian, you're having fun as usual, man. Just keep covering one of the better teams in baseball. So appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the deadline here. We'll see if the Astros have anything else up their sleeves.
2: That yeah, should be an interesting couple of hours and a fun few months as well. Thanks for having
0: me on. Let's bring in our friend Al Vila, who's back with us, uh, former GM, longtime front office executive. Al, what have you thought about the trade deadline so far? I think it's been pretty quiet today. We'll get to JV. We'll have fun with that, but it's been pretty quiet. And I guess it was a very seller's heavy market where we're looking around. We're like, what are you looking for if you want to bat? Like, there's not There's not big impact names left and right.
4: And those are hard to find for sure, uh,
0: especially if you're, you know, if you don't have
4: a deep farm system, um, when you're looking for a bat in particular, um, you know, uh, people are going to a good bat, you know, not just another guy, you know, people are going to are going to ask for more. And it is a seller's market. uh, And and they're asking prices as high. Now, I will tell you, there's what is it, 30 minutes left Oh no, not even that 15 minutes left. Um, Something can come down to the last to the last minute and uh, and, and make it happen. Uh, guys, hold on and hold on and hold on, and then at the last minute, somebody gives in, and that's the way it is. Now, in some cases, you know, I I've, I've been hearing a lot of talk about the Yankees not making a deal. Well, quite frankly, if they don't feel that there's a deal to be made because it's not worth you know uh, w- w- what they're looking at, then they're not going to make a deal. But um uh, obviously, uh, when the asking price is high, um, things kind of slow down, but uh, it it could happen all all at once uh, in the la- in the final minutes.
3: Hey, so my question you just brought it up. the last thirty minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it is. Um, have you been in in those situations where you're like, you know what? I'm not calling him, screw this. You're gonna call me, we'll figure it out. Have you like give us good examples of like the last 10 minutes? You're like, shit do I need to call this guy? Like, hey guys, what are you about? You're going back and forth, and then the final deal comes. exactly (laughs) this son of a bee. He's not calling me. What the hell's going on here?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how it is. And you know, some obviously, there's some teams or some DMs that will have more leverage. Uh, and, you, and you maximize that leverage. Uh, I've been on both sides. So I, uh, it, it is a little bit nerve-wracking. Now, you have, you know, in, in most cases, you, you do have your guy, your crew on, uh, in, in, uh, in a conference room. And, I, you know, I, I could give you a scenario where I had one staff member uh, in contact with one team, another staff member in contact with another team, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and um, to where, you know, one of my guys is telling me, hey, I, I'm going to make this deal. I'm going to make this deal. You know, hold on with me. Hold, and I'm like, okay, you better make it within the next two minutes because I'm going this way. Uh, and, and so at the end of the day, you, you know, I got to make a decision. You just cut him off and, okay, and then go to my next guy and say, okay, make the deal. Uh, we'll take that one, you know. And um, it gets, sometimes it gets down to the, to the, to the wire. I will say this also. Um, you know, when you make a deal, in particular, and it, it gets late, you know, it, obviously it has to be sent into MLB for approval and all that, and so you ha- you have to have everything already tied up. Uh, and if you're trading a player or acquiring a player with an injury history, it takes time to go through those. You know, so um, you know, be- you know, weeks or or days before you make a trade, you you know, you can look into a possible injuries that a player might have. But you really don't know until you get into that, into the medical history. And so if you wait too long, you might have to make a trade with with very minimal, if, if not uh, any, uh, medical history. What is the
1: craziest? Now you're getting down to 13 minutes. Are you getting like shaky because you're at the 13 minutes of the trade deadline? You're feeling it like all those phones are going on? What's the craziest trade proposal that you heard or that you got that never came to fruition?
4: Well, I, I, I can't recall now, right now, what, uh, you know, some of those scenarios, but um, I, I can tell you that um, it, it just comes down to you've already made a decision uh, whether to acquire a player or, or trading a player because, it, it you know, depending on the situation, you've already made a decision how far you're willing to go to acquire that player from a a uh, uh, prospect p- position and financial position. You've already talked to your CFO. You've already talked to ownership. You've already talked to, um, you know, all, all your, all your, everything's in order because um, once, you know, once that next phone call comes and you're in the, you're in the last couple of minutes and, and, and it's like, okay, this is it. We're, we're drawing the line right here. You got to make that decision. The same way is when you're, when you're, when you're trading away a player, um, you know, you're, you, this is the, 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 what you want in in return. And if you don't get this, then we're not making a deal. Even if the guy is going to be a free agent. Um, and, and there's some, and there's, and there's some GMs that just won't make a trade because it's going to be, it's not going to be good. And they'd rather just keep the player, uh, and write it out. So, uh, and I, and I, and I can tell you that there's probably, uh trades that are not made that people are expecting to be made and they're wondering why didn't that team trade this guy or why did that team not acquire this guy and that's because at the, at the last minute they could not agree on the price whether you know whether it be prospects or whatnot so um you know i'm not gonna get i don't have a story to tell you as far as that's concerned but every year uh, when there is not a trade made and, and there's and, and every year you know you're listening to all these uh, shows and people are expecting the trade to be made when it's not made you know i'm not shocked because i know how it is and, and at the end of the day you're just making a decision because it, it was not worth uh, you know your time and you just backed away all right so your buddy verlander gets traded and
1: Cohen buys prospects for the Mets is there ownership that's pissed off at him? Not his, he's, he, Cohen is the owner, but other owners that's mad about the fact
4: that he's out here buying prospects? Well, owners can get mad at each other for a lot of different reasons. You know, they, uh, they don't always all agree on everything. Um, but, you know, they do vote on things of that nature. They, they do get together and they, they talk about things. But um, I, I could say that, um, You know, back in the day, I mean, I think some owners were were mad at Mike Illich for, you know, <laughs> uh for spending so much money. So that can happen. There's no doubt. Um, But, you know, obviously, uh, he's 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 made it known that he wants to make the, the Mets great. So he tried to get, you know, Scherzer and Verlander and veterans like that and pay him, you know, record amounts of money to, to win and try to duplicate. The, the, you know, the 100 wins from the year before, it didn't work out. Well, if it doesn't work out, you better move, you know, you got to move it along. And so, you know, I made a, I think I was on your show. I made a comment that if they, if they trade Verlander, then obviously their direction is going to be different. But if they're going to try to win next year, they're going to keep Verlander and they won't trade him. Well, it's from what I've been see, uh, seeing now is obviously next year, 2024 is going to be a transition year for them. And they're going to be working towards. It seems now they're going to be working more towards 25, possibly, probably even 26. So it makes sense to trade a Verlander um, in this case. Now, the prospects that they're going to get back, yeah, they're 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 premium for Scherzer and Verlander, but they're paying a lot of money for those guys. And so, you know, that's his call. I don't. There's no GM that's going to make a call that that for that kind of money. So. Um, And but hey, good for the Mets. They're 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 uh, uh, rebuilding that organization uh, with good prospects,
3: just costing them a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about the Candelario trade to the Cubs? Um, I know you had him with the Tigers, man. What do you think about that one?
4: Candy is a great guy, uh, a great pickup. He's a great clubhouse guy, Um, talks to everybody, tries to help everybody, sometimes to a fault uh truth be told. <laughs> but uh no, it's a good pickup for the Cubs. Obviously, you know, people didn't know whether the Cubs were gonna be sellers or buyers. Uh I, I think uh, you know a team like the Cubs, uh, at some point they gotta start stepping forward and, and and they are now and they just showed it. And Ken is a good pickup for them. They know him very well uh when I traded for him. Uh, obviously uh we liked him a lot. Uh he 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 had some up and down years and this is gonna this is an up year for him for sure. Uh, the cost is, you know, uh, uh, his salary is uh, is very uh, uh, easy to uh, uh, acquire. And so I think they had they did a good job in, in that.
3: You got guys, like you hear rumors coming out here these last 10 minutes, basically saying, oh, Dylan Cease might be on the trading box now. Is that is that something you guys try and get out there? I know these guys have, you know, they understand they're not going to write something just to write it, but maybe you're like, hey, listen, let's get this out there so maybe we get more buzz, especially with this late in the trade trade uh, season?
4: That's a great question. That's a very good question because you see so many rumors out there and you're wondering, how does that happen? You know, are the guys, are the guys that are out there on uh, radio, TV, uh, print media, you know, the, on Twitter, social media, are these guys making that up or are they actually getting information from somewhere? And uh, I would say that it's probably both. Um, there, there are uh, situations where you, you, you know, you, you can just, you can just see it by reading it that uh, there's a team might want more uh, interest in the player, and, and put something out there, um, you know, as far as interest. And because you always have a writer, you can, you know, the GMs they all have a writer they can go to. Uh assistant GMs sometimes have a writer they can go to. And and there and there's other people in the organization um, that uh owners uh have writers they can go to. So sometimes you put something out there uh that might be able to help you and they'll put it out there. And uh yeah, it could it could uh pique interest, but but maybe it doesn't. It could always backfire too. And so um, you know, you can't overplay your hand too much because At the end of the day, when there's complete silence and there's nothing there at the end of the other phone line, then, you know, you're just going to have to walk away.
0: Hey, Al, let's finish with this, the freshest trade. That just occurred. (laughs) (laughs) Ken Rosenthal breaking that the Orioles pick up Jack Flaherty. He said close. Now it it looks like it's good. So the Orioles get Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. If that's all the Orioles did, and, yes, they got Fujinama earlier um, from the A's a couple weeks ago. If those are your two moves, and you're the best team potentially in the American League right now by wins and losses, is that enough for you, or or do you think the organizations just keeps looking ahead, like, oh, our our championship window might not be yet, so we don't we don't want to do anything too crazy.
4: No, and I think I mentioned them um,
0: last time on your on your show too. Yep. Uh,
4: mm-hmm. That they shouldn't go over crazy because. It's a good organization. They get they're deep in prospects, they, but they have a very good major league team. I think the Orioles are as good as anybody right now. The, the, I think the team that might be better than them uh, now with the Verlander trade is Houston. Uh, going, you know, going towards the end of the season, so uh, they're in a good position. I think I, you know, I, I, I don't believe that uh, they, they. When I mentioned to you, when I mentioned this in the last show, I didn't think they should go overboard. I think they should be measured, and they were, and and I think they've done well. They've got a good team. They're going to be good the rest of the day, in my opinion. And and, and I think Houston obviously is going to be good now with getting some of their injured players back in the addition of Verlander.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I I like what Houston did definitely much better than Baltimore. I'll take Kendall Graveman and Justin Verlander as my ads over Jack Flaherty and Fujinama. I don't I don't think that's really close, right?
4: (laughs) No, no, I agree. But I'm just saying I think I think they're staying the course. I think they believe in their team, and I think that as as the 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 rest of the year develops toward towards the end they're going to be there and uh, I I do believe they're going to be there for a long time
0: okay years to come yeah no they have they have a lot of talent so and a lot of young talent I'm with you and they're keeping it hey Al great to catch up with you again thank you Al appreciate the time Jim Duquette joins us right now for, first time cover everything for us Jim great What's to up, see gentlemen? you Duke so I want to hello I want to start here so um, I'm being sent questions left and right does so-and-so know the trade deadline is today? We can insert a lot of teams here. (laughs) They're like, do the Yankees know the deadlines to the day? Red Sox, Orioles, getting some fan questions, Giants. So where would you like to begin on a team that hasn't set their alarm for the correct time and they haven't woke up (laughs) yet? How about the Orioles? (laughs) you want to start there? Just because, (laughs) I mean,
5: anytime we go out there, like I go out to to the ballpark, I was down there the other night in the Yankees game on Saturday night, the place was electric. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. Right. And, and they're in the, uh, you know, the town, the downtown is they're jacked up and can't wait. You know what? They want to cheer on the next great Oriole team. And you know what? Here's the problem. They did. They had high expectations last winter that the club set out and, and they let the fan base down. So now they're like restless. Now they're, now they're like concerned that the front office and ownership isn't going to do anything. And right now it doesn't look like they're going to do anything. I guess they bet they need to do something like anything. I was listening to you earlier, crazy. Like if if they get, I mean, at this point, if they got Flaherty, it's an upgrade over what they have, right? Like Wells is down at Double A now. At least at least do something, um, and in that part, too. So like like I think Flaherty might have a you know a decent two months there, especially with that left field being all the way back at M&T Bank, you know, Stadium. So like. Why not? Um, I mean, Lorenzo. You know what I mean. So I think that's what they got to do something. And I think that's the team right now that, of all of them, I have my biggest concern about.
1: Do they have the team if they added Jack Flaherty to win the World Series? Because we were before all this happened, before all these yeah. trades with the Astros and the Rangers, we were saying the at the Orioles. They hit a little bump in the road playing the Phillies. You know, they took two from the from the Yankees. They were the best team in the American League, but are they now? And if they get Jack Flaherty, are they even then?
5: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I I don't like he's. It's not a big needle mover, right? Like Lorenzen would definitely help them too, but now he's off the off the board, right? So, so uh, or Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, it, I mean, I'm just looking at it from a, All right, they they're built around. Their offense, which is t- taken a little bit of a step backwards recently, they can really defend. Their bullpen is really good, but it looks get looks like it's getting a little tired right now because they're using it a ton. Like all of those things. So, so they, you know, if they could freshen up the starting rotation a little bit, it takes a little pressure off the pen, as you guys know, maybe they could get a, another relief pitcher. But I, I, think if they got, you know, some kind of of a pitcher, uh, that would certainly help them. And then when they get to the postseason like they're going to have to mix and match and make it a really short game uh with their with their bullpen and with you know ad- adding Fujinami hopefully is you know he's going to start to pitch uh, you know he's he's been pitching better as of late got off to a, a rough start his first outing but but I think that like I don't know with that type of youth if if their the inexperience in the postseason will be the thing that you know keeps them from getting there or they just don't think about it enough and they, you know, they run the table. Like, like, I don't think very rarely do you see young teams go, you know um, from start to finish, or let's say the, the halfway point all the way to the end of the world series. Like, um, like the, well, the 86 Mets was one of the younger teams, but they still had some really good veterans at that time. That's the last time I can remember a really, really young team going all the way to the world series and winning it all. So, you know, is, is a Flaherty enough or, I don't know the answer to that, right? But but I would say generally going off of what we've seen in the past probably not, but it would give them their best run. They can't go currently as they're currently constructed and get to like even have a chance to get to the World Series. This would at least get them um a, you know possibility. So, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's mm-hmm. my opinion.
3: <laughs> I love that. Hey, Jim, how are you, brother? What's up, Todd? How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. So, I've been a big advocate of that of talking about the angels and how they should have traded for Shohei Otani. Now looking back with all the guys, the Rangers got and how Houston, who they picked up with Verlander and Scherzer got with the Rangers. What was your take on that? Because I thought it would have been the the best thing for them. And I, I still don't see them making a push at the end of the day with all the people they still got.
5: That, that, I mean, I'm with you. Like I would have loved to have seen it too. Um, I would have loved to have seen it last year. Right. But they were going through the ownership change. You know, the hard part, the hard part is this, like, they went through this little uh run that they went on and they were you know they they were winning i feel like it was kind of giving them a false impression of how good the team really is by comparison to the other to the other teams in the division right so so i think that you know it's hard to to go to your fan base at that point in your four games out or three and a half out and say oh we're selling like they and and here here's i mean their reasoning has some there's some rationale Uh, thought process to keeping Otani because they feel like if they could at least show them they made a run and they at least tried to get to you know to postseason or beyond let's say they were to to surprise people and get into the postseason then they have a better chance of keeping them I'm not so sure they do I don't believe that you know but they do and so I, I know you know been in that spot before where you can talk yourself into that what you really need is to be able to look yourself in the mirror you know like every day you go man Are we are we really a postseason team or World Series team? And and they're they don't they don't match up, right? They just doesn't pass the sniff test in my mind. So I I understand, like I think they should have done it too. Um, Just being in that spot, it's hard when your owner's telling you you can't trade them. So I I think in the end, Perry Manessian, his hands were tied in that spot. Like I think he really wanted to trade him because he knew it was the right thing, but he wasn't
2: allowed to.
1: Logistically, who are you more desiring a job to, to work for the New York Mets right now
5: or the Boston Red Sox? Oh <laughs> boy. Well, I mean, I grew up in Boston or outside of Boston, so I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, but with the Mets here, so here's the thing with the Mets, it's such a, it's such a, um, change overall with their path, right? Like, they went all in and now they're basically they're all out. But I think they're going to jump back in to the waters, maybe not to this degree this winter. And when you have that type of um, firepower, financial firepower, you can make some really big differences with a building a team. So you have an owner that, you know, you can dispute or, or disagree with their way they've kind of gone about this and, and there'll be plenty of people that do it but you, you don't get many opportunities to break down your team, g- g- gather like these quality prospects and then go do it again next year. Like th- that's very rare that any team does that usually you have to go through two or three cycles to, of, of rebuilding or tear down. They're not going to do that. Like they're going to, they're going to be back at it again next year. So like if, if I had an ideal owner, that's probably it, you know, with the Red Sox, in that town and, and, you know, how much I love the, the Red Sox and, you know, being from New England and all of that, um, I don't think their owners are all in. I think they try to run it like a business. And that, that to me, that doesn't work up there in Boston as you guys have seen, like you better be all in and you have to be, sometimes you have to be a a guy who, who spends recklessly. And they aren't doing that these days. You know, they, I mean, it's it started before letting Mookie go, but Mookie was the latest example in Bogarts and you know all these guys that they've kind of let go. Are they totally cutting
1: their fan base off? Because they've because in the beginning of the, the beginning of the off season, or the end of the off season, when they had their Red Sox whatever it was the gala ownership got booed when they
5: came up. I know, I know. They got booed at the gala. They, like, they, they remember that they had the. Um, I think right around that time they had the, the, the hockey, uh, winter classic at Fenway. In and Fenway, yeah. They were they were booing the crap out of them. You know, you, 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 as the owner, you can deny all you want, but they were booing John Henry right before they signed Devers. I think it was right. So, yep. so you know, and if I'm high in Bloom, like you went from you know two years ago being able to get any. Uh, any uh, restaurant reservation you wanted in the city to now hiding your head and pulling a hat down over your, over your face, hoping that no one recognizes you when you're out getting a cup of coffee. Like it's, it's that bad. And it's not his fault. It's really not. Like he, they need, they, he he, uh, is taking the hits Uh, and that team Nobody thought they were that good. I didn't think they were that good. But what he's done and really what Alex has done, Alex court like he that guy's so freaking smart. Like he, they've done a heck of a job keeping that team where it is or, or playing above the expectation. So I, I hope for their sake, uh, at least for Heim's sake, that um, he's allowed to go and do something because otherwise, you know, that fan base, you know, that's another one. They'll let you know. And they don't show up like they they don't buy tickets. like an empty Fenway park is I mean, it's a tiny place, as you guys know. when it's empty, like it it looks like there's nobody there. those those red seats it's glaring
0: when they're empty. Do you think that the red should be doing anything we had C Trent Rosecrans yes. on earlier, and he was like, meh. you know they they've got a lot already with their ball club. They don't want to trade away prospects. You know I wasn't sensing like a ton of urgency, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't need them to to go get the world, but I think any right. team that's competing, Jim, and you know this when you're talking to your ball club, whether it's a, a veteran team or a young team like the Reds, you got to show them a sign. You got to do something.
5: Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah. You you don't have. I don't. I think you lose a lot of credibility in the clubhouse. They're battling their ass off every single day, and now you're going to go down there and tell them that oh, I couldn't do anything for them. Like we remember, we're, um, I don't know if either. Well, you guys, I don't think we're in Houston, uh, but, but when, well, the time that they traded for Verlander in September, which we don't have that ability to do anymore, but you know, Keiko at the deadline when they, so they were on um, Zach Britton and my cousin was trying to do a deal with them. And by the way, he could have gotten Frembo Valdez in that, in that deal, a young, Mm. like Frembo Valdez was in the minor leagues at the time, but uh, the owner wouldn't let him do it. So Luno at the time, you know, he didn't have another option to go to, went right up to the deadline, didn't ha- get anything. And Keiko and a couple other, the, v- the veteran players were like, you got to be kidding me. We didn't get anybody. Like they were pissed and they should have been. Right. So then they, they, re they, they kind of had a, a do over and Jim Crane claims, you know, uh, Verlander and they traded Verlander in September, right before the September deadline. So, um, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, when you kind of go and, and look at all that, like for me, that's where. Cincinnati they've they've battled to this far they've had a really good run they've acknowledged their, their fan base has embraced them now Todd, you know that that town when you're good man no they, they they love you right so i don't even something small that would give them you know so how about some bullpen uh help right there's not a lot left but you could go get a piece or two there or yep. you know a, a veteran starter something something and let and let your young kids play like they they've, they kind of embraced that right so I don't know. They're they're kind of like Baltimore, um, like Baltimore was last year, right? Baltimore just said, well, we're not good enough. Like, I hope that's not what happens with Cincinnati, that they fade because of this.
0: Okay, so lastly, you woke up today, and all of a sudden, you're GM of the New York Yankees. You're Brian Cashman. What <laughs> are you doing today? What do you think about the team that you constructed? And there's just been a lot of weirdness. I mean, Kratzy played for them. We were trying to decipher yeah armpit gate and how that played out because it was not good optics heading into the trade deadline. They're certainly not showing their front office that they should be doing much. And this is not a championship caliber ball ball club in the mind of most of us right now. So are you buying? Are you selling? Or are you maybe just saying, you know what? You're going to live with this shit the rest of the season. This is what it is. You guys have not played well enough for me to do anything, and I don't have that many pieces to sell. I think that
5: the latter I think he woke up this morning and said, "This is a shitty team." <laughs> Maybe not quite that bad, <laughs> and just said, and said, I, I, you know, I mean, really, when you look at it, they know what we're what we're seeing, right? They, I mean, Cash in his front office knows, and really, they with with uh, Judge and Cortez, like you might as well just see what you have with those guys when they come back. Judge hopefully will will play every day, even if it's at the you know more at the DH for the time being, and Cortez comes back. Um, and then just see if what you've got is good enough to get you, you know, through the wild card into the wild card, because it's just not a, it's not a good team. They, they banked on a couple of guys that, that haven't produced and they've had the injuries and, you know, everyone's had the injuries, but like you said, like, do you want to really trade any of your, any of your, you know, limited farm system pieces for a rental at this point? Like, I, I don't know. Like, what's the point? Like, it's not, it's not going to change. There's not, you're just not that good. Like the offense is. I don't know what you guys think. I don't where the offense go? Like, got some guys that are really struggling there that, that kind of surprised me, right? Without judgment, they, they've just all at the same time. Yeah, right.
0: right. Yeah, well, all the to dudes that all the veterans that they they paid for. Yeah, they all hit their decline at the same time here <laughs> or down year. Like, I, I think Rizzo still be down has there. some <laughs> baseball left in him. Le- Lemayhew yeah. getting up there has had yeah. has had the injuries. Right, he had the toe that was real bad for him last yeah, year. There's but two of those dudes. Obviously, Donaldson turned out to be a disaster yeah. move for them. So, yeah, yeah, the offense isn't good, Duke. And here's the thing: we've been, I have mean, been answering Yankee fan questions for a while now. Who do you want? There, there. This is one of the worst trade deadlines I've seen in a while in terms of offense. It's pretty right. strong for pitching. It's brutal for offense. Like, who's the right. best player that ends up getting traded over the past week? Candelario. I, it might be Candelaria. Yeah,
5: yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, he's had a good year and all, but I mean, you know, he was yeah, on a one year contract this year, right? And the only, on the only team that was willing to give him an everyday spot were the nat- uh, Nationals. So yeah, I think you're right. I feel like um, as soon as Bellinger came off the market, that basically, you know, I don't know if the Yankees were in on him or not, but that was their best chance to get to upgrade significantly enough to make that offense look better than it is. So now they're, now they're all in on, on judge and hope that Stanton, you know, figures it out. And maybe Riz, Rizzo has a, like this first what, month and a half, was, was he was on fire. Like he, he mm-hmm. carried him while judge was out that first time. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe by the way, you know, this is up on the plate so much maybe he needs to back off a little bit now i don't know i it's hard you guys would know better than me but like there's got to be something that's to some kind of adjustment because it seems like they're just pounding
0: the crap out of him in Yep. I'm with you, Duke. Well, good to see your face, Duke. Appreciate right, hanging yeah. with it for, for a few minutes. All right. Enjoy. All right. All right. Have a good one, guys. See you. Thanks for having yeah. me. You too. Yeah. It's Jim Duquette, and you can see him on Sirius and on SNY and does a great job everywhere. Obviously, the former GM um, in the bigs and front office executive for a long time, worked with the Mets, knows the Orioles, like he said, really Solid. well. Jody Jackson is joining us right now, Diamondbacks TV host and reporter. Also, you can follow her at Jody underscore Jackson. Jody, great to see you. It's been a while. I think I haven't talked to you on a show since like the rundown <laughs> a billion years ago. So, uh, but I watch you all the time, do a great job on d TV. So how are you? And I wanted to start right away with the big move made by the Diamondbacks yesterday because I slammed the Mariners for making a move like this, almost like their Kendall Graveman trade they made with the Astros a couple years ago. And I think the Diamondbacks got an absolute steal in Paul Seawald, who's the best reliever available this season.
6: Well, I agree with you. And yes, it's good to see you again. Um, I got to tell you, it's been a great year here because I, yeah, those years I was on the rundown all the time. Well, there was a big lull in there. 2020, 2021, 2022. team was not good. (laughs) No no one called. No one wanted to talk to me. No one cared. And so it's nice to be relevant again. Um, and, And that's exactly why they're in this position. I think this is a unique perspective. Uh, A little bit different. Mike Hazen's looking at this a little bit different than a lot of other teams because they haven't all been through kind of what this team has been through the last few years and losing 110 games in 2021. They want to seize the moment, okay? And I I know that, and you guys know that 57 and 50 doesn't come around all the time, right? Yesterday, they were 56 and 50. So it may not look good how they got there. They've been slumping since right before the All-Star break. But you can't discredit what's going on. So I think people here in Arizona yesterday were a little bit, you know, fans felt like that was kind of a lot to give up. But again, if you know the farm system here, um, you know, Canzone, you've got a lot of left handed hitting outfielders and, and good ones. You you know, Josh Rojas was a fan favorite, but he's a guy that, you know, it's kind of been up and down um, and you know, it's just overall, that was, that was a pretty good move for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, for a need. When you look at the need that they had there, it was, it was an outstanding move. You can't not make that move. Right. And, and so I agree with you there for a guy that can help the back end. And then, you know, today we'll see, I mean, you had Evan Grant on, I kind of checked in on that a little bit. He, I mean, they took all the pitching, right. So, I mean, Jordan Montgomery would have would have been a, a nice pickup, but there are still some guys out there. You know, we, we don't know what we're going to see. Mike Hazen, I believe, is looking to make a couple more moves here today. Um, they also did get Jace Peterson yesterday. That's going to kind of help out as far as rebuilding that. But, you know, we've got Eduardo Rodriguez is on the radar. Um, you know, really, anyway, I, and A.J. Dylan Cease. People here in Arizona would love to see that. I have no idea if that could happen. <laughs> but, I mean, they, as you guys know, the pitching is really young here beyond Gowan And, uh, Merrill Kelly. So that's a, that's a big need.
1: Are we talking to you one year too early? Is it one of those things that we need to maybe call you back in 2024 <laughs> when the organization thought this was going to happen?
6: I mean, that's see, that's the take that's really interesting right now. But I talked to Mike Hazen in Toronto. We had a had discussion in the dugout, and I know that was before this team has continued to slide. Um, but he was he was exactly saying, well, you you don't, you don't know, what's going to happen in 2024. So yeah, it is, it is a little bit earlier than people expected for this team. They were in first place in the national league West for most of the season. The other thing that's happening guys, and you know, this is the Dodgers are in a weird spot, you know, the Dodgers pitching, I think the ERA in July has been, you know, as bad as the diamondbacks, ERA, we're not even going to throw that number out, but uh, I don't know if it's the starters or the staff, but it's over six. That never happens. You know, Walker Bueller is, is out. You don't know even what you're going to get from him when he comes back. Um, Kershaw, they've had to rely on Michael Grove and some other guys, some rookies. So uh, maybe you're right. Maybe this call was supposed to be happening next year and for some moves to make it to the playoffs. But I think you take this opportunity. And not necessarily that the D-backs are going to win the NL West, but I think it's it's going to be interesting because as good as the Dodgers offense is, And as interesting as the Giants are right now, but the wild card is definitely something that the Arizona Diamondbacks feel good about. And they feel like their offense will come back.
0: Jody, how do you describe how much of an impact the rule changes have made to the way that the Diamondbacks have been able to accelerate this comeback to relevancy?
6: You really can't measure what speed does for this team. Um, First of all, not even to not to dodge your question, but on defense. I mean, they're, they're honestly, when you look at the metrics, the best team in baseball, certainly in the national league defensively, then uh, back to your question though, about the bases. The one thing about the pitcher only being able to go over twice, forget about it. You know, when those, some of those guys, when you have a Jake McCarthy, um, a Corbin Carroll, those are the two that mainly come to mind, but other guys with speed like Alec Thomas I mean, that's a stolen base. And then these guys have shown that they can – the other day, Corbin Carroll walked, stole second, stole third, ended up scoring. I mean, it, it's it's that simple sometimes um, for this team. And uh, it's really made a big difference. But they And they knew that was coming. Now, yeah, the bases being bigger, um, I almost think it's not so much about the bases. It's about, you know, the pitcher having to control the game or maybe lack of control of the game, right? So – it's it's that's a great point because it really has meant a lot to this team
0: thank you jody jackson you can find her on diamondbacks television and you can follow her at jody underscore jackson on twitter like to call out what aj is wearing a little shady Rays action. so hey if you're heading outside you need some shady rays is an independent sunglasses company offering world-class product just as good as all the expensive shit that's out there okay durable frames extremely clear optics. They look cool. AJ thinks he's an agent when he wears them. He's going to be wearing them all summer long. Also, they offer the most ridiculous protection plan in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, okay? They have a policy. If you break a pair, if you lose a pair, even as soon as you get it, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So you can wear them with confidence and um, also – they are very charitable, which is important to all of us. Um, they have support from nonprofit partners across the United States, making an impact. And again, if you don't love them, you can return or exchange them for free within 30 days. It's a lot of options to be all about the people, which is what we do here. So exclusively for Foul Territory watchers and listeners, they're giving out their best deal of the season. Shadyrays.com and use the code FOUL for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.